This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the No Name Never podcast and football show. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and this week, are we celebrating Is the Champagne and Ice? Well, it was Rotherham away for the midweek game with a chance, if results went our way, for the Clarets to finally seal the championship title. Did they do it? We will find out in just a minute. I'm going to be joined this week by Statman Dave and regular panellist and FPL expert Adam Dennett as we dissect what happened away in Yorkshire and look forward to another championship fixture this weekend against QPR. So without further ado, let's go. Okay, let's get in there. I am, of course, as I mentioned in the out of this, we're joined by Dave and Adam this week. We are looking back at Burnley's midweek performance away at Rotherham. Ended 2-2, a frustrating away draw for the Clarets. The 14th, I think, draw of the season. Um, Goals from Manuel Benson and Scott Twine saw the Clarets extend their unbeaten run to 22 games. 10 points clear at the top of the championship table. Um... 10 points clear, I believe it is now. Yes, it is 10 points clear of Sheffield United in 10 in sorry, in second place, with just four games left to play. Irrespective of what happened for us, the Clarets couldn't have sealed promotion on Tuesday night with Sheffield United also winning. But I'm going to come straight to you and, and delve into this, Adam. You were there at Rotherham as, as well on Tuesday night. Um one of those games that I think you kind of came away, especially in the second half, scratching your head and wondered how the Clarets didn't win that. Yeah, we were, um, from the off, we were uh, clearly the better side. Um, As you'd expect, looking at the table and even um, just the difference in the squads, uh, we we had all of the ball uh, pretty much much most of the game. But in the first half, um, I think I checked stats at half-time and we went in and it was 1-1 and they'd had zero shots on target, uh, which pretty much summed it up. We had... Roberts had a block shot. Twine had an effort over before he scored. Really good goal uh, from Roberts's cross. Lovely finish um, on the volley. And then just before a pivotal moment, it felt like just before uh, Rotherham did equalise, 
we had what looked like a very clear penalty claim mm. for a handball, uh, arms away from his body. You could tell by the player's reaction that yeah. they really wanted it. Um, but then we've got to do better. Um, we, the corner that they scored from came from our own throw-in by, uh, by the corner flag where we were just just sloppy, didn't look after the ball and just played it straight out of straight out of play from the corner uh, for a corner. Uh, and they were always going to be a threat. They physically looked the bigger side. Yeah, they did. Um, and we were just we were pretty weak. Uh, Peacock Farrell's got to do better. I think in general he's done pretty well this season when he has come in. Um, I don't know whether he's getting a run now to get a medal or not, but. Um, Seems strange to to have Murich on the bench um, when we've when we've been on such a good run and he's been so good all season. But he needs to do better. He flaps at the cross. Vitinho maybe could swing a leg to clear it, but I don't think he knows much about it. Hits him and goes goes over the line. Uh, I think one bright spark uh, from the first half and probably carried it on as well with Lyle Foster. Mm, um, yeah, I was going to come on to him. Definitely his best performance so far in a Burnley shirt. Um, held up the ball well, um, spread the play, and it was so close on so many occasions to getting on the end of things, like play play the ball wide, rush into the box, and he'd just be half a yard away from it. Uh, he's playing against Richard Wood, who's, I think, is nearly 40 and not played a game since <laughs> December, so you maybe expect him to do well. Uh, but, yeah, really unlucky not to be on the score sheet. And, yeah, it carried on the same in the second half, really. Uh, he had a couple of chances. Goodmanson came more into the game, pulled a couple back. Twine had a good chance before um, the Benson goal, which I think everyone will have seen it now. Absolute oh, class. That goal. Another another one out of the top draw from him. Uh, and Cullen's tackle to start it off with. Exactly. Out of this world as the well. The build up before the tackle as well was superb. It was a real team goal yeah. as I had him, wasn't it? It was uh, it was really impressive. Um, just pausing there very quickly before we come back to you, Adam. Dave, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but how many appearances do players need to have to get medals? Because that to me is the only explanation for the tinkering around of this team. Because to me, I don't understand why we're not playing our first team and, and why we didn't go for the points record. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I do. Oh, of course I, I, you I, do. I do look into this. Um, it, the, the Premier League has rules where it, now five appearances, that includes sub-appearances, and you get a medal. Yeah. Um, in the Championship, it's slightly different. Uh, they look at 25% of matches, so that's uh, 12, 12 games. Oh, wow. But, but if you're named in the 18, so even if you're an unused sub, that counts towards it. So when we're talking about Bailey Peacock-Farrell, he'll have qualified for a medal Yes, yeah, so he doesn't need to be playing in, in nets. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't need to be playing in the nets. And I think, I know you're slightly a bit more pragmatic than I am, Dave. I tend to be a little bit emotional about these things, but I'm not feeling massively comfortable about Vincent Company tinkering with our squad when the East Lanks derby is right around the corner, because that is a very important game that we have to win. Yeah, he did, he did kind of touch on that. I listened to his uh, pre-match uh, press conference earlier and he kind of talked about wanting to see the team. He has an opportunity now. He still thinks the team are putting out a very strong capable of winning games, which is correct. And then he kind of mentioned about the derby. So I think that's kind of in the back of his mind. We might see a slightly different team for uh, for that game next Tuesday. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the tinkering, Adam? Because obviously you've seen, you've seen them play now on Tuesday and... and- it's difficult to get, well, we shouldn't be getting frustrated about anything this season. And I understand that. But as fans, we're just kind of questioning this and, and wondering what's going on here. Um, on paper, though, still, that 
that get and the stats prove it. That team should have beaten. So if you could pinpoint what was missing for us in terms of turning that draw into into a, a three points, what was it? And I think bearing in mind that some of our group chat before this was that that performance very much reminded us of the Burnley at the beginning of the season, the one that had all the possession and just couldn't seem to convert to wins. What was it for you? Uh, I think it's just maybe that that slight edge, but rather than just we were just sloppy. The goals are just not like what we've been conceding. Yeah. Just yeah, just overly sloppy. Rather than were very aggressive. Um, and always going to be a threat from set pieces, but we gave away a lot of sloppy free kicks in our own half that just put a bit a bit more pressure on ourselves. Um, I think as much as um, Alder Keel is definitely a prospect, he's only 20, 21 years old, I think with Ekdal or Howard Bellis in the side, um, we do look a lot more organised and yeah. I think they do have that extra bit of quality playing out from the back. Not that Alder Keel can't do it. He's, he's a very good player and uh, from the minimum, well, from the limited amount of time I've managed to see him, he does look a real, real like he's going to turn into a good player. I still think without Howard Bellis or Ekdal, we do lose something there. Um, it's difficult because like you said, we should we should have won the game um, regardless. We It just didn't fall for us. It was one of those nights. I think it was much better than Reading, even though we limited Reading to yes. barely anything, oh, I think we yeah, were better cool. in the final third, um, and could have had a lot, could have had a lot more, um, and I think that's probably a few of the players did play at Reading and then play again at Rotherham, so they need to get a bit more match sharpness, um, and yeah, lack of game time's gonna gonna do that to you. So um, disappointing not to win, but again, every, like you said, everything at this stage has been overly critical given the season that that they've had as a squad, and I've not seen that in two, Dave. But that's that's pretty um, fair reasoning, I think, from company wanting to see the squad and see what needs improving going into next year. It's it's hard to argue with uh, someone who's got something so right for yeah. all of the season. There's lots of times where I've questioned him, and he's been completely justified in in what he's done so but like you said Natalie we need to win next Tuesday we can't we have to that. win next Tuesday especially as they seem to be bottling it um as as those of you who follow me on social media will, will have seen um I had generally thought this season had peaked until I saw the Coventry keeper putting the ball in the opposition net on the 96th minute to steal a point three points from the Rovers uh, keeper as well huh he put he put the ball in and then followed and through the, and did yeah, the ball. It was it? it was Ashley Barnes esque. The, the Blackburn keeper has been in the net more times than he has this season, and it's been wonderful. Or was it a different? Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Same shirt. Okay, let's move on away then from the Rotherham game. Where that leaves us then is uh, one more win out of the next four, irrespective of Sheffield United's results and the title is ours. Um, will that be this Saturday? We are, of course, back at Turf Moor, a packed out crowd ready to raise the roof. Before we get on to analysing that, uh, not analysing, sorry, previewing that game. This is what happens, Dave, when we mash together the analysis show on the preview show. My words go all over the place. It's chaos on the Known and Ever podcast. Chaos. As you as usual. And you know what, young Dave? Long may that continue. Listeners, I'd like to promise you that next season it'll be slick and we'll be back in the Premier League and we'll be dead professional and it'll be wonderful. However, it hasn't been for about 10 years, so I see no reason why that is going to change next year. Um, 
what are we doing? What's next? Yes, a quiz question before we get any further. Let's let you know what the answer to last week's quiz was. Dave, what did you set our listeners last time, please? Uh, we said uh, the club record for the most clean sheets in the league season currently stands at 21. But in which season was this record set? Oh, now this was a tricky one, actually. I feel like it was a fact that we should have known, but we don't. So I didn't get this. Adam, did you hazard a guess at this at all? Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't hear that. So it were, um, I'd guessed 15, 16, but I've, I've, no, I've no idea. Yeah, no, you're way, way, way off. What was the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of brutal. I was like, no, nah, no, you're wrong. Uh, Dave, swiftly save me from the wrath of Adam and tell us what the answer was, please. Uh, well, surprisingly, it wasn't a title-winning season or even a promotion season. It was 1980-81. Uh, Burnley finished eighth in our first ever season in the third division. We did manage 21 clean sheets, and that is the current club record. Yeah. Did we get any correct answers, please? Uh, the only one I saw was from regular quizzer Andy Richings. He was in touch with the correct answer this time, and in fact, he got the answer right for our previous quiz question as well, which we forgot to mention in our last show so well done to him I did as well i take full responsibility for this so every single week i pester our listeners to submit their quiz answers and say get involved and then every single week like 30 seconds before we go on air dave says to me natalie did we have any correct answers and i go oh bleep i forgot to check and i'm hurriedly scrolling through all of our contact pages at none and ever to try and find them and andy i missed you i'm so sorry um so you may blame me completely um and i take full responsibility um and with that, of course, you don't need to wait much longer for another quiz question. You just need to wait until the end of the show. Hang around a bit and we will let you know what we're going to set you this week. Let's move on then to that preview show. QPR at home, Saturday the 22nd of March 2023, a 3pm kickoff. Dave, we are going to start, please, with your championship head to head. Yeah, of the 19 seasons that Burnley and Queen's Park Range have spent together in the same league, five have been in the top flight, with the remaining 14 in the second tier. So let's take you on a whistle-stop tour of our previous 13 second-tier home matches against QPR. We begin in the early 1970s with a 1-0 victory in September 1971, thanks to a goal in just the second minute from Arthur Bellamy. Honours were even 12 months later when the sides drew in September 1972. Martin Busby opened the scoring for the visitors in the 35th minute, but Frank Casper scored the equaliser three minutes later, and 1-1 was the way it stayed. Burnley were sinking fast in March 1980, and a 3-0 defeat hastened our decline towards the third division. But after that reverse, Burnley managed to win the next five home games against QPR at this level, starting with a 2-1 win in May 1983, with both goals from Terry Donovan, although it was too late to stop our relegation back to the third division. Following a break of 18 seasons, we met again in March 2001, and goals from Paul Smith and a Gareth Taylor header helped us to another 2-1 win. Our next league meeting at Turf Moor resulted in a 2-0 win, that was in April 2005, with both goals scored by Adi Akinbayi. And that was followed up with two more home wins during 2006. In the April, Andy Gray scored the only goal in a 1-0 win. And then on the opening day of the following season, in August 2006, Steve Jones scored both goals on his debut. That was in a 2-0 win for the Clarets. 
Then, in December 2007, we suffered a 2-0 defeat, which resulted in the Burnley Express leading with the headline, Booing Leaves Me Speechless, as their reporter Phil Simpson was less than impressed with the reaction of the Turf Moor crowd. One of the QPR team for this match, and others around the time, was the current manager, Gareth Ainsworth. In April 2009, Chris Eagle scored the only goal in a 1-0 win, and after a goalless draw in January 2011 with Stuart Gray in caretaker charge, the next match against QPR was in October 2013, when a Danny Ings double helped the Clarets to a 2-0 win. This was also the match when Bertie B was dismissed from the touchline by referee Andy Haynes for the suggestion that the assistant referee needed to wear spectacles. And the Burnley <laughs> mascot later ended up in the Turf Moor prison cell. That just leaves the most recent game at Turf Moor at this level from the 2015-16 season, but you can hear all about that meeting very soon, as it's our choice for this week's separate memory match feature. But for now, I'll leave you with a results summary. Burnley have accumulated nine wins in, in second-tier home matches against QPR, with just two draws and two defeats. They haven't been high-scoring games, but our goal difference is strong with 15 goals for and just eight against in those 13 matches. Excellent stuff. What an iconic moment in Burnley FC's popular culture as well, Bertie B in the cells. It was uh, iconic to say the very least. Well, let's move on to the second of our preview features and is our much-loved, certainly for this half of the season, celebrity fan feature we rate our opposition celebrity fans um some weeks easier than others dave um despite not many qpr celebrity fans springing to mind adam could you think of any before you saw dave's list i couldn't none nope nope um you actually seem to do very well this week why don't you kick us off with those celebrity fans please I do well. I do well every week. But in terms of uh, QPR, <laughs> if you say so yourself, young Dave. <laughs> in terms of QPR fans, there was uh, more to choose from, let's say, than uh, some other teams, uh, and we were able to fill our list uh, quite easily with uh, six uh, QPR fans without having to resort to pie-based mascots or cartoon rabbits this week. That was literally where I was going. I was going to challenge you before we started to find out just exactly how many rules you have broken this week. No, none this week. Okay. So here, here are the six celebrity QPR fans we've chosen for our listeners' consideration. Uh, we have got Martin Clunes, famous actor, most Good notably Dot Martin and Men Behaving Badly. Indeed. Things. Uh, Bill Bailey, comedian, musician and actor. Also well known. Uh, Phil Collins, singer, songwriter and musician, drummer as well, Genesis and Solo Projects. Uh, Aid Edmondson, comedian and actor, oh, who was one, of, he was one of the young ones, but he's not so young now. He's 66, would you believe? Is he? He is. The young ones isn't the reference there. Bottom is the reference. Well, that, that followed a, on. I, yes. It was. That was amazing, though. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Uh, next on our list is uh, singer Ellie Golding. And then, good. and then sixth and finally on our list is Michael Gove, who is Conservative MP for he's been Conservative MP for Surrey Heath since 2005. Well, for the sixth entry alone, I know exactly what QPR celebrity fans are rated from me. There's a big fat zero. Adam, <laughs> rate it for me. 
I think it would be stronger if it wasn't for one of the people on the list. I better not go any further than that. But um, uh, yeah, I think other than that, oh, really, God. really strong, good, good mix of talent there. I'd, I'd say a solid seven. Dave, I'd agree. I'd, I'd, I'd go probably seven. Yeah, it's a shame, really, because um, I don't know the guy, so I don't, I don't. I'm sure Michael Gove is a lovely guy. Um, he just doesn't happen to be one of my favourite politicians. Um, so despite that, uh, he's not a member of the public profile that I particularly like. I agree. I think that's a really good list. So I'm going to moderate that at seven and give QPR fans um, seven out of ten. Well done, QPR fans. That is a solid Solid performance, and we uh, we applaud you. Um, Dave, memory match, please. You you've already teased us with this as you do so many times this season. Do you want to let us know what you've picked, please, this week? Yeah, for this week's memory match, we're taking you back to a very memorable Turf Moor match from May 2016. Things were extremely tight at the top of the table, with Middlesbrough and Brighton competing with us for the two automatic promotion places. After Brighton could only draw 1-1 at home to Derby County earlier in the day, we knew that a win would confirm our promotion place, with the title still being up for grabs as well. For the visit of QPR, there was a nervous atmosphere around Turf Moor, and we didn't get the luxury of an early goal to ease the tension. It remained goalless at the break, and it stayed that way until just after the hour mark. Burnley were attacking the B-hole end, as is usually the case in more recent seasons, And when we were awarded a free kick, David Jones whipped the ball in towards the edge of the six-yard box. And who else was there but Sam Bokes to perfectly place a guided header past Matt Ingram to break the deadlock and ease the pressure. We saw out the remaining 30 minutes without too many issues other than a speculative shot from Alejandro Forlin, which hit the outside the post with 20 minutes remaining. But when John Moss blew the final whistle, we knew that Burnley would be back in the Premier League for the following season. The Burnley Express recorded the occasion with the headline, Vokes Delivers Premier Strike. And after the match, Sean Dyche told BBC Radio Lancashire, we've worked so hard, it's been a different league this year and a different style to it. People have been having a real go financially, putting money into it. We've balanced the books and been successful again. I couldn't be more proud. Although this victory confirmed our promotion, it's an odd set of coincidences, which means that Burnley have never confirmed a title at Turf Moor, at least never on the day itself. Let's hope that can change this Saturday, as any Burnley victory would confirm us as championship winners just after Sheffield United kick off against Manchester City in their FA Cup semi-final. Excellent stuff. I hope we do it. That would be really great. Um, As ever, we like to bring you our um, friends from our opposition and get their take on the game. This week, we spoke to QPR podcast and website Art Generation. We got their thoughts ahead of the game. Right, trying to sum up QPR season in two to three minutes. Um, I mean, firstly, it's it, it's not possible. It's been so shambolic since the departure of Mick Beale that um, it, you, you would need at least half an hour or more to discuss this in full. Um, but, you know, I'll give you the best that we've got. Um, it did, as I said, it started with Mick Beale's departure to run off up north to Scotland to finish uh, behind Celtic with Rangers. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not bitter about that at all, but we were playing good football at the time. 
Um, we were top at one point, I think in October, and now we face relegation potentially in a matter of three games. Um, Critchley came in uh, from a Blackpool boss, and um, that wasn't uh, it wasn't good. And we were sleepwalking towards the position we are in now, and therefore the board's club led to act, and they did. But who can you get in that situation? Basically, sort of like the dregs that no one else wants, and or someone who's crazy enough to actually come and take the job. Uh, and someone crazy enough was Gareth Ainsworth. And, you know, I love him. He was a player when I first started going to QPR many moons ago. Um, and he is loved. And I hate to see the way it's going at the moment because it's not a situation of his making. He's not been able to improve the situation, but then I'm not surprised about that. Uh, because we are a complete shambles. Um, but yeah, it's not looking too pretty. If you're looking at team selection, I would look at the team that we put out last night against Norwich, uh, minus Jake Clark Salter, because surprisingly, and I'm really shocked about this, for the billionth time this season, he got injured. Uh, so it would probably be Rob Dickey coming in there. Uh, apart from that, I'd be surprised if there's any other changes, because largely... Uh, until we started sitting back, it was actually quite a positive performance against Norwich last night. Um, how I think we'll approach a game, I think this will probably be the easiest three points that you'll get all season. Um, but personally, if I was you guys, I would say, where's the fun in beating another team? You don't really want to win the title against us. You want to win it uh, in your rival's backyard at Blackburn. Why not go and win it there? Give us a bit of charity, you know? Um, our only hope is that you guys don't turn up, I think. Um, which, yeah, by the looks of it, you haven't been doing the last couple of games. So, you know, thanks for giving points to our relegation rivals. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not too optimistic about Saturday at all. Uh, I'm expecting a beating. Usually, after a spirited performance, that uh, we get uh, an embarrassing 6 1 or a. Uh, completely pointless 3-0 loss to Coventry. So uh, God knows what the runaway league leaders are going to do. But uh, yeah, I am not looking forward to this. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. OK, Dave, referee, who's going to be in charge in the middle? Uh, we've got Dean Whitestone of Rushton in Northamptonshire. He's going to take charge of Burnley v QPR on Saturday afternoon. His previous 10 Burnley matches since 2008 have resulted in three wins for the Clarets, four draws and three defeats. 
Uh, we've already seen him in the middle twice so far this season for the 1-1 draw at Birmingham City last October in the league and also at Turf Moor for the 1-0 victory over Fleetwood Town in the FA Cup fifth round at the start of March. Uh, in that match, he sent off Tian Hayes just before half-time uh, and has, he's also dismissed two other opposition players in previous matches involving Burnley, both of which were at Turf Moor. Uh, they were Daniel Ayala of Middlesbrough and also Wilfred Zahar of Crystal Palace. That sounds uh, like they were going to uh, be good to us, I think. Well, they're good stats. I think the referee's going to behave himself and not start sending off Burnley players because we don't want any disciplinary records at the end of this season. So one win, Adam, and that takes us as champions. Irrespective of what Sheffield United do at the end of the season, um, the last four games, we win um, a game and we're promoted. Are you happy? It's going to probably happen at Turf. Um, I would be if I could go to the game. But, oh, um, no! Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm missing Satie. It's my brother's 30th birthday and he's a Burnley fan as well and I can't believe he's arranged it for that day, but... Anyway, yeah, I really hope they do it on um, on Saturday. Um, I love that stat from Dave. I didn't realise it was such a historic event. So no, I didn't. To be uh, upset with him, but no, yeah, get it, get it done and dusted. Um, and I can't see anything other than a Burnley win with that incentive um, to play for. So, yeah, really, really confident. Good stuff, Dave. Does he play a full strength team or does he carry on with this experiment with the reserves <laughs> tinkering? He's going he's gonna to carry on, let's face it. Oh! We know that's going to happen, but I think we're going to have too, regardless, we're going to have too much for uh, for Queen's Park Rangers. Our home form this season has been uh, magnificent. I think we started with three draws. I think we've only had uh, another, uh, another three draws since then, so yeah. we've won virtually every other game we've been uh at mercurial at home this season uh, and may it continue yes indeed um with nathan teller looking like he might get back for the last game but we may not see him again this season adam um what do you do up front do you basically start that same team then that played away at rotherham do you bring Barnes in? Do you start with Obafemi and Foster? It's a bit of a... We don't really have a natural pairing with Teller being out, do we? No, I think I think it'd be nice for um, for Twine to start again in that yeah, he was really good. and hopefully get get at least like three games back-to-back, see, uh, see if we can get a bit of a run going. Uh, I'd like to see like the spine of the team coming back, Newrich, Howard Bellis, Brownhill if he's fit. I know he's in training, but obviously been injured. And um, I've I've not got as much of an issue if it's Foster ahead of Barnes, um, just because he did show some signs midweek. And he was good. He was really good need, on Tuesday. We do need to be looking forward, especially yeah. when we invested that money in him. He's got he's got all the attributes: big, strong, like powerful, fast. Um, yeah. So, like Dave said, we should be too strong. They've picked up slightly the last couple of. I think they've picked up a couple of draws QPR, but. Um, you'd think we'd have way too much of them at the weekend. Yeah, you'd hope so too. Uh, he's some talent is twine, isn't he, Dave? I think, I guess, I wonder whether with him playing not and featuring not as much as we thought he was going to do this season, are we a little bit worried that effectively to go from League One, kind of leapfrog the Championship and go straight to the Premier League, there's 
there's some pressure on the lad there. I think Vincent's going to have to be very careful with him, I think. Yeah, he touched on that in the press conference today, the, uh, the pre-match press conference, saying that really the season end is coming at the wrong time for, for Scott yeah. Twine. He's missed so much of the season. He's coming into the side now. He could do with a run of games. And yeah, we've got another four games left, but that's going to be it. So it is a challenging one and uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. And uh, and obviously he's going to find out a lot in pre-season as well, depending on uh, on who comes in. Yeah, definitely. Um in terms of, well, obviously, Adam, you've already talked about the defenders who you'd like to bring back. Do we, is it, how important is it, given that the next opportunity to get the title is the East Lanks Derby? How important is it to get this over the line on Saturday? Do we really want to be going down the road to our neighbours to try and get that title? Because I'm not, I'm not feeling that convinced about that game. I'm not going to lie. We're going to do it at some point, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so Sheffield United not... will run out of games, irrespective. Even if we drop points, they'll run out of games. Yeah, which one we've gone. You you win twenty six and only lose two of um of 40, 42 games. You're not going to not win in the last in the last four. So it's going to happen. I'd want it to happen on Saturday just for the intrigue of whether they will give us a guard of honour on uh, on Tuesday or not. They won't. Um, they won't. Be... They've said no. They've said no. Oh, what a shame. No, that would have been There's fantastic. No I never way thought that's it would, happen. would happen. But if no. um if it does go to Tuesday, I really can't see it doing to be honest. But yeah, it'd be imagine winning uh winning the league league there as well. It'd go down uh go down in legend as well, wouldn't it? So no, I'm not worried. Um and yeah, I'm hundred percent confident they'll get the job done on, on Saturday. Okay, give me a score prediction then, please. Two nil. Dave. 3-1. I'm going to go 4-0. There you go. Look at that. A wide variety of score predictions there from your known and ever team listeners, but all predicting Claret's victories. Um, you know the drill by now. We want to know your scores. It's been a while since we said this as well. We want to know scores. What did we used to say, Dave, in the old preview show? It was scores, scorer, and how they scored. That was what it was, wasn't it? We haven't done that for a while. We've got a bit lazy this season, I think. I think we need to we need to finesse some of these viewer participation exercises next season. We'll work on that in the summer. Uh, but yes, listeners, do let us know, um, obviously, how you think the Clarets will perform. Adam, what on earth is happening with FPL? I've lost count. Oh, I know what's happening with FPL. Something did happen at the weekend at the FPL, didn't it, Adam? What was that? Yeah. Um, I think I, I I need to eat eat a bit of humble pie, don't I? I gave you a few pelters oh. last week for your performance. Yeah. And, uh, and what happened? You went and beat me in our uh, No Name Never podcasters head-to-head <laughs> league, 65-63 at oh. the weekend. So that wasn't ideal. Victory was so sweet as well. It was hilarious. That is what happens when you take the mickey out of me. I stealthily got. Do you know what? As well, do you know what's even worse as well, Adam? Didn't even look at my team. <laughs> Forgot because I I forget at the beginning of the season. Never mind when it gets to this part of the season and I'm at the bottom and I'm not going to do anything. I just forgot. Didn't tinker with it and beat you anyway. And that, sir, is wonderful. Um, is karma. there? <laughs> that's definitely karma. Is there? Actually, I'm only allowed to tease you a little bit. Please don't quit for next season because I need you. Um, so that was just that was my only thing I'm going to do this season. 
Is there anything else happening? Do we have anything else to report? Um, yeah, I can give you um, a quick league update. Please. Um, so the top five, there wasn't that much movement in it, uh, but the uh, the gap did close at the top. It's getting really tight now. So in fifth place, you've got Conor Mill uh, Milligan uh, with 2,083 points. Fourth, Joe Bailiff, 2,093 points. Ursay in third with 2,100 points. Alice Flanagan in second with 2,103 points. So my lead has been cut to six points at the top Ooh. with Alice and Ursay both closing the gap on me. Um, we've got a blank game week this week because of the FA Cup semi-finals. So Man United, Man City, Brighton and Chelsea all blank. Uh, it's a good week to play your free hit if you've still got it. And the games to target are probably Arsenal at home to Southampton, uh, Liverpool players at home to Forest, and then a couple of others that you'd expect to win, Palace at home to Everton and Fulham at home to Leeds. Uh, there's still three April game weeks to go in our Manager of the Month as the games come thick and fast now after the mid-season World Cup break. Chris Lodge currently leads the Manager of the Month standings uh, for April, but still all to play for. The No Name Ever Podcast Cup is down to 128 places. And Am I sadly, still in that? Even though you beat me 65-63, you did lose to James Brindle, who had a really good week and scored 72 points. James! So, mm. I didn't even... I've only just found out that I was in that and you've knocked me out <laughs> already. My excitement was so short-lived. So yeah, short so the uh, the only podcasters left in the final 128 are myself and Charlotte, mm. but I am playing against Ursay in the next round, so uh -oh. it's a top of the table clash. Yeah, um, <laughs> looking uh, looking at the team, um, I'm pretty sure that we'll both be playing our free hits. Um, and then the last thing to say really is that the the next day it's a Friday deadline, so. Um, get your teams in quickly Friday six thirty PM before the Arsenal versus Southampton game, and uh, that's it for this week. Lovely. Um, before we move on, Dave, I've made a yes. mistake, haven't I? Yes. What have I forgotten? You've forgotten my stat of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want him talking? Do you only have this thing in your back of your mind where you go? Something's not quite right with the order of this. Like this, th there's a natural flaw that's missing. And then I realised, I was like, oh, good grief. We are going to delve back into the QPR game for the weekend, listeners. A little bit of a time warp. Do not adjust your sets. This is deliberate. I'm not going to bother with any fancy editing. We're just going to pretend that that little, uh, apart from me beating Adam, that little FPL section didn't happen. Dave! Why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week? You got too excited by your FPL, did. didn't you? Yes, I did. I'm so sorry, listeners. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I, I thought you might have looked at it and thought it's not worth bothering with that this week. I, oh, don't say that. I've built it up now. I haven't looked at it. Go on, tell us it. What is it? Okay, this week's stat of the week uh, relates to Burnley boss Vincent Company, who reached a mm. milestone this in midweek as he took charge for his 50th match as Claret's manager in all competitions. Burnley have won 31, drawn 15, and lost just four of those 50 matches, which is a very impressive start, as I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, I've looked back, and you may not be too surprised to learn that this is by far the best start of any Burnley manager at this stage, both in terms of win percentage and fewest losses. 
We all know that the challenge is going to get a lot more difficult next season, but let's hope we can build on that momentum for the next 50 matches. Let's hope so indeed. Thank you very much, Dave. I do appreciate particularly the miscellaneous stuff of the week and I am a terribly unorganised host. You know, one of the biggest problems was is I got cocky. I getting towards the end of the season and I was getting comfortable with our show script and I've been... I've had you three on my screen as we were recording and I had the show script minimised and that's what happens. I just lost it. Um, before we go then, listeners, before we head back to our final quiz question of the week, um, a rather exciting announcement. You will have all seen, of course, on social media that next Sunday, the 30th of April, um, a match of historic magnitude is happening at Turf Moor. For the first time in history, Burnley FC women will play a league match on the Turf Moor pitch. The club are opening uh, one stand initially, the Bob Lowe stand, hoping to extend that to two to the North Stand lower. Um, for a 2pm kickoff at home to Liverpool Feds, tickets are £5 for adults and I think £2.50 for juniors. This is a really key stage to an incredible season for our women's team. They sit two points behind... Um, league leaders Nottingham Forest with two with a game in hand. Um, they have that first game in hand at home to Wolves, played at the Darwin Stadium on Sunday. That's going to be a tough game. Let's make no mistake about it. But if they win that game, they go into the final game of the season next Sunday, and a win will basically give them the Women's Northern Premier Division title. The result of that will be that they go into an automatic playoff place with the winners of the Southern Premier League division for a place in the championship. Now, those of you unfamiliar with the Women's um, English League, the Women's Championship is exactly the same as the men's. They will be playing in the league that we've played in this season. Start at the top of the pyramid is the Women's Super League and the Women's Championship is underneath it. Clubs needs a lot club. Women's clubs need a license to play in the WSL because the WSL covers both the Super League and the Championship. The club this week have been successful in getting that application granted. So if we do win the title and we do win that playoff against the uh, Southern team winners, we will be playing our football next season in the Championship. The club over the last month have unveiled a new finance package for the women's team next season. They are doing the same training regime as the men's are in the same facilities as the men and the juniors as well. The under-21s and the under-16s are all playing together. Um, the women's coach, it, Joe, is... Um, not Joe, sorry. Um, my brain's left me. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll fill that in in a second. I'm getting excited about this. Um, they are all learning from and doing the same methods as Vincent Company. And it's a really, really exciting time for our women. So we absolutely beg you to come down to Turf Moor week on Sunday and cheer on the Burnley women, especially if they're in with a shot of the title. Um, for those of you who can't make the game, you can tune in to Radio Lancashire, who have got full coverage of the game, and you might hear a familiar voice. Don't ask me how. This is a terrible idea, I think, but BBC have trusted me as being one of the commentators for the game. Um Send me run good vibes, please, listeners, because I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit scared. Um, it's a big deal and it's my first commentating gig. So I'm going to be stepping up from podcasting and analysis shows to um, 
a commentator and I'm a bit scared. So those of you who are tuning in, do send me some vibes. Adam has, thank you, has just put in our show notes. It's Jay, not Joe, Jay Bradford. Uh, thank you, Adam. Um, I, I was, I couldn't, I knew it was Jay, Joe, Jay, Jay. Um, no, not Jay. Yes, Jay. My God, listeners, I'm getting too excited. I'm so sorry. Yes, there you go. Please support our women. That would be hugely appreciated. So let's finish off the previous show, handing back to Dave, please, for the quiz question of the week. Yes, this week's quiz question is a topical one as it relates to a new book which has been published this week entitled Out of the Wilderness, A Director's Life at Burnley FC and is a joint venture between former long-serving Burnley FC director Clive Holt and prolific Burnley FC author Dave Thomas. Uh, the question is, can you tell us in which year was Clive Holt first appointed as a director at Burnley Football Club? Uh, the book's out now via Pitch Publishing and is available in all the usual places. And you can even download a sample chapter if you want to try it out from the Pitch Publishing website. That's pitchpublishing.co.uk, which also gives a big clue about the answer to the question if you read that sample chapter. Excellent stuff. Uh, we've been contacted as well in our central email from, I think, his publishing team um, wanting to see if we want um, to preview that book and send us a sample and uh, possibly do a feature on that as well. So um, if that is something, listeners, that you would find it really interesting, if you want us to do a feature um, on that book on, on Clive Holt's time as um, his position on the board, then drop us a line and we'll we'll arrange that for you. That is all we have time for, I believe. Yes, it is. I'm scared now because I've made a few mistakes. I don't want to uh, get that wrong. Um, I think the only thing we've got left, actually, there is one thing that I've missed. Adam, I can't remember who. what was my result in this the Podcasters League this week for the FPL. I think I missed that. Um, you uh, you smashed me 65 to 63. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Excellent news. Excellent news. That is all then, listeners. Do stay tuned uh, next week. We're going to be bringing you the reaction from that home game against QPR. And fingers crossed it will be a promotion, not just a promotion party, a title winning party. We will have all of our inflatable type, uh, trophies. That's a good thing, actually. Um, I believe that we don't get irrespective of what happens, we're not getting the trophy until after the Cardiff game, the last game of the season. So if you have inflatable trophies, bring them in. I'm pretty sure the, the ground will, will let you in with them. We want to flood turf more with inflatable trophies and, and have uh, shades of Joy Barton and Tom Heaton. That would be fantastic. Um, have a cracking day for everybody at turf on Saturday and let's raise the roof. That is all we've got time for. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never podcast and football show. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are as ever proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. The TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.